everyone, and welcome to The Periodic Table, episode 43. It's called Instant Regret. Like buying a timeshare. Dude, I'm trying to dump my timeshare. Recorded December 20th, 2012, and brought to you by Element Opie Productions. ElementOpie.com. Episode 43 of The Periodic Table, which is the technetium episode. Te- technetium. Technetium. I'm not entirely sure how to say that. So let's let's have a judge's ruling from uh, our random English chick. Since its discovery, searches for the element technetium, element 43 in terrestrial materials, have been made without success. Technetium has been found in the spectrum of S, M and N type stars, and its presence in stellar matter is leading to new theories and the production of heavy elements in the stars. Technetium is a silvery-grey metal that tarnishes slowly in moist air. Until 1960, technetium was available only in small amounts. The chemistry of technetium is related to that of rhenium. She actually stuttered, and they left it in there. It's related to that of rhenium. Interesting. Very interesting. So there's the science content of the night so that now you can feel intelligent and educated. Technetium, uh, found in uh, celestial bodies, not known, not known naturally on Earth, but manufactured. Didn't really say why they would manufacture it or what it's good for, though. I suppose I could Google that, but I was too lazy. Hi, yeah. everybody. My name is Mark, and with me this week is uh, the great and powerful Oz, also known as Aaron, the former fat guy butler. Hi, Aaron. Hello, everyone out there tonight listening. That was stylish. That was awesome. Thank you. And uh, and here to top that in a more dramatic fashion is Mr. Seth Gooey Kid Anderson. Hi, Seth. Hello, everyone. I am doing my best Max Headroom and not knowing if Aaron's distortion is normal or a product of my bad bandwidth. Yes, but the beautiful thing is that since you record it locally and send it to me, the people listening after we release the show will have no idea what you're talking about. You will sound pristine and clear. As long as you don't record yourself. But then they'll tune in next week to go, what does it sound like in person? It's part of my master plan, Mark. I'm trying to drive up the ratings. There you go. And the way to, uh, uh, to do that, if you're so interested, is we record every weeknight at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Right here on the elementopi.com network of radio content. Except next week. We're taking next week off. This will be our last recording of the year. Our next recording would be two days after Christmas. Not that two days after Christmas is hallowed in any way. I just want some time off. I've been doing a lot of podcasts lately. And and for a couple of the actually just one of the shows, we've been doubling up on episodes so that we can get through the end of the year and I can still have the time off. So lately I've felt like the uh, Dunkin' Donuts guy in those commercials from the 80s. I get up in the morning and go, time to make the podcast. And then I come back and say, I made the podcast. So I, I need a break. So I am taking the week of Christmas off and we'll be back after the new year. That is assuming the Maya were in fact wrong. If they were right, you won't ever hear the show. It won't be released in time. Yep. I just want to clarify one thing. Mark said we record every night of the week. He I said, means every Thursday night. I'm sorry. Yeah, every Thursday. Every night. That would be insane. That would be crazy. Although it, it feels like I record every night. I record, let's see, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Sunday. But so, do you record on 
Friday, Friday. Oh, wow. I could have gone my entire life and without hearing that. So thank you very much for that. You're welcome. So do either of you guys have any uh, special um, Festivus plans? Uh, I'm excited. Um, this is the first year since we've moved to Georgia, which will be, this will be the, uh, we moved here in, uh, this will be the sixth year we've lived in Georgia at Christmas, that we have not traveled at Christmas. Every year we've traveled, at, we stayed here for Thanksgiving and traveled at Christmas. This year we traveled at Thanksgiving and we're staying here for Christmas. Now we've managed to be back every year for Christmas Day, Christmas morning, so that we were here in our home Christmas morning, starting those traditions opening presents with our son. Um, but this is the first year we're not having to travel, which is so nice um, because we, we've either opened presents and then left or drove in the night before and then opened presents the next morning. And either way, you're worn out or you're in a hurry. This year, we go to bed Monday night. Uh, we get up Tuesday morning at whatever crack of dawn hour my son wakes up. The tree is right outside our bedroom, actually. And we're going to sit there in the hallway of the upstairs <laughs> balcony area and just open those presents everywhere and it's going to be a, a lot of fun we have a, a downstairs tree and an upstairs tree uh we haven't quite decided where we're going to be putting the presents because none of them are wrapped yet hey, hey mark since um we have a moment since we, we we we're not overrun with show with with uh stories tonight um i'd like to take a moment to say that if you are of the giving type this is the season for giving and you want to have a charitable, an opportunity to give to a, a good charitable uh, cause. The American Cancer Society, I think, is one of the most worthy causes out there. Um, today just happens to be the three-year anniversary of when I lost my sister to lung cancer. And I am running the Georgia Marathon on St. Patrick's Day, coming up in just a couple of months. And I'm running in honor of her and uh, to benefit the American Cancer Society. So I'm attempting to raise some money for the American Cancer Society. So if you're interested in donating... Uh, the donations go directly to the American Cancer Society. They don't go to me at all. Nothing passes through my hands. You can go to OneMealOneWorkout.com, and over on the right side, there's a thing that says Sponsor Me, and you can read about it. I'm trying to raise $100 per mile, so that's $2,620. I threw a little post out on Facebook. I just had some friends jump in and say, we'll sponsor the .2 miles at the end um, for $20. bucks. i am very excited about that. I'm actually updating the page right now. And if you donate... Um, and sponsor at least half a mile, which would be 50 bucks. I will promise you a T-shirt out of my own pocket, a commemorative T-shirt that's yet to be designed or created, but that you will get, and I promise it will be cool, and uh, that would be greatly appreciated. So just thought I'd throw that out there. You could, you could say, Aaron, run a marathon, and all I got was the stupid T-shirt. That's pretty funny. So uh, what about you, Seth? What are your holiday plans this year? Um. I am probably going to read a book and play some games on my computer. That's going to be exciting. The extent. So, hey, why don't you drive? Merry Christmas, why don't everyone! Come on up and, and spend both of you. You can come spend Christmas with me, Aaron. That'll be a shorter drive for you than Seth. But come on, <laughs> Seth, come 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 to my house. Listeners too, you're all welcome. If you can find me, well, you're welcome. Come on. Mark's address is. <laughs> Yeah, no, unfortunately, I don't get I get Christmas Day off, but I don't get paid, so I will be working the day before and the day after Christmas unless I can somehow talk my boss into letting me watch movies at work on Christmas. <laughs> well, my boss did give me Christmas Eve off, although it is coming out of my time off bank, but uh 
So I get Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. He wouldn't let me have New Year's Eve, though. You'll get a half a day off. We'll be out there by 1130. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Aaron is my boss. So <laughs> when I speak disparagingly about my boss, that's Aaron. Tis I. So let's move on to the uh, weird, wild, wacky news of this week. Uh, and the first one reminded me immediately of the great Saturday Night Live script. Landshark. Yes. Candy Graham. Candy Graham. <laughs> and everybody, no, everybody always opened the door for the land shark. Well, in um, China, in the uh, city of Dongfang, um, uh, excuse me, in the city of Shanghai, the Dongfang shopping mall has for the last several years had um, a sort of a tourist attraction of a giant um, aquarium in the entrance with 10 inch thick glass that that has uh, sharks in it and all sorts of uh, great sea life. And suddenly without any warning, it shattered and large chunks of 10 inch glass and sharks went flying. Scary. Yeah, if, if you go read, look at the link and, and, um, uh, look at the picture in the article, the glass looks like small icebergs in the background. It's so thick. I'm assuming that's what that is. Yeah, uh, and and most most tanks of that size now use Lexan instead of uh, uh, well, maybe not Lexan. That's a brand name, but acrylic uh, instead they of use glass. transparent aluminum. Mark is transparent what aluminum. Use. Yeah, uh, brought to you by by the Star Wars. But uh, Star Trek. There was there was no uh, what Star Trek. Did I, I said, said Star Wars. Trek. It's okay. Uh, did I? Oh wow. Yeah, we record every night of the week, folks, talking about Star Wars. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is just the I'm having a weird uh, night I suppose um, we had somebody in the chat room say when is this going to start this is it <laughs> this is the show this, this is, is it. the show and they quit <laughs> <laughs> they left oh we kept waiting for the show to start um, anyway that, the, a police spokesman said there were lots of injuries caused by flying glass didn't mention injuries from flying sharks <laughs> Oh, that I was see. one of my favorite. That was all. That was one of my all-time favorite skits, the land shark skit, because of the how ludicrous it was. Because they'd knock on the door, you'd hear the newscast about, uh, you know, careful, there's a land shark, and so forth, and so on, and they'd hear a knock on the door, and Gilda Radner, Jane Curtin would go over and say, "Who is it?" And they would say, uh, "Candy Graham," and then, "Candy Graham," I'm not, I'm not expecting a candy Graham. Uh, milkman, the milkman uh, came earlier today. Land shark. Oh, Todd, you're so funny. I know you're not the. And they'd open the door, and then this giant rubber head would reach in and grab him and drag him out. Oh, it was awesome. Yes, chat room. Yes, I know. I know the we yeah, will get started watching. in a few minutes text was still going. I forgot to take it off. It's gone now. Stop badgering me. All right. You were saying, Seth? No, I was going to say, unfortunately, I missed all those episodes of Saturday Night Live because I was watching wrestling <laughs> on the other channel. <laughs> oh, if I could go back in time and choose Saturday Night Live over wrestling, I would be a much Live better man Live from the Sportatorium World Class Championship Wrestling starring the Von Erichs. Yes, I remember it's that. Tough. And the Freebirds. Boo! <laughs> Iceman Kane Parsons. Yes, I remember those days well. Are you ready to rumble? And gentleman Chris Adams, he was. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but Gentleman Chris Adams then wasn't a gentleman. 
He had the whole Ooh, hair match and went bald and had the whole mask thing. Anyway. So, uh, yeah. How about a new sport uh, that apparently is uh, in Australia? It's a new sport called Synchronized Road Rage. This is one of the most bizarre stories. Uh, it's it's almost not something I can make a joke for. All I have to do is read it. Um, it says, uh, in what was described as being like a scene from a movie, a man rammed and sideswiped cars at high speed in a terrifying ordeal on the M1 near Brisbane on Saturday. One of the motorists caught up in the accident says, we just got rammed from behind by a guy, and the kids were completely freaked out. He rammed the car in front of us and... And did uh, a born identity copy, copy and swiped and uh, sideswiped two cars. He had this crazy expression on his face, and he wasn't wearing a shirt. There were cars flying left, right, and center. We called the police and said, look, this is a crazy person. He's going to kill someone. Then about five minutes later, just after 2 p.m., the shock family saw the car burning in the middle of the motorway, uh, and another car had been pushed into the center median. <laughs> then the driver jumped out of the car naked and ran away. He was involved in at least four traffic incidents before he removed his clothes and ran naked towards Clump Road. And so now you might be wondering why I called it synchronized road rage, because we've just talked about one man here. No, it goes on. Uh, it says the incident happened an hour before another road rage incident, also south of Brisbane. Uh, p- former police officer Ken Olson said he was rammed more than seven times and run off the road uh, 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 and an up- unprovoked attack by a man in a black u- sport utility vehicle. Inspector Michael Dowdy said both drivers had lodged complaints against each other. So That's apparently awesome. they got into a fight with each other and decided to take it out a uh, death race 2000 style. It, so... And I think there's going to be a follow-up story saying this was they were preparing for the Mayan apocalypse. <laughs> That's it. Sorry, I, I tried. So the so the the two guys, I guess they got an altercation and then both stormed off and proceeded to run into everybody else that they could find just to take their vengeance out on somebody. That's just crazy. So, so maybe it's it, maybe it is that maybe it's the Mayan apocalypse, and they're just you know they had a bet, and and we're trying to to you know sort of a bucket list kind of thing. I I wanted to to run around naked and ram into people. I don't get it. Sorry, I'm just trying. By the way, I saw an interesting post uh, saying if if you uh, have friends who are convinced that the world is going to end on December twenty first. Just have them sign over all your worldly goods, all their worldly goods to you because they don't need it anymore. Then you find out if people really believe it. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Mark, if 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 the world ends tomorrow. On my Facebook page, I post. Or go ahead. I said if the world ends, he doesn't have to come into work. On my Facebook page, I posted. (laughs) I posted it's the end of the world as we know it. And I said someone has to go first. So I'm surprised I haven't that leak all over you're me. not the first actually or, or at least weren't the first first in my timeline i've had a couple of people post the rem song this is the end of the world well, they did a bit on the morning show that listened okay. to the way it worked this morning and they were they were calling having people call in who believed it and then after you know whenever they would say thank you for calling and they would cut to it's the end of the world every time you know of course uh so, in concert 1987 front row 
saw a funny uh, comic. It was a, wow. a, a Mayan warrior sitting at a bar, all dejected, uh, and the bartender says, don't worry, buddy, it's not the end of the world. It just made me laugh. So uh, we've had a, a few stories in the past about things going awry in what should be one of the happiest places you can find in the world. That is, where a kid can be a kid, at Chuck E. Cheese's. But here in Madison, um, Illinois, just outside of Chicago, uh, a brawl Saturday night at the Chuck E. Cheese restaurant ended in a cloud of pepper spray and seven people being arrested on charges ranging from disorderly conduct to battery. It says when the police arrived around 8.30 p.m., wow. they found several adults screaming obscenities and throwing chairs at each other in the dining room. At a Chuck E. Cheese's. I've wanted to throw chairs and scream at a Chuck E. Cheese many times. <laughs> yeah, that terrible, that blasted rat. But usually because of the prices. You know, 70 bucks for uh, uh, bad pizza. Well, and, the, and, the, and the, the basic dishonesty that they serve this stuff and they call it pizza. And they get away <laughs> with it. I well, ordered pizza. What's this? It's, it's a round food-like. He's like, that was pizza when we got it from the other <laughs> store. Well, it's, it's the same thing. You know, Taco Bell isn't Mexican food, but they're cheap, and I like them anyway. I, um, I mean, Taco Bell is as Mexican as most Mexican is. There's not Most Mexican places in, in the United States aren't really Mexican anyway. Right. Uh, so it says, witnesses told police that the dispute started when two children got into an argument. And then the mothers of the children got into a confrontation and, quote, it escalated. Yeah, I would say so. If seven people were pepper sprayed, it escalated. So two kids probably wanted to ride the same ride or or pick up the same toy or something like that. And then the mamas jumped in and said, oh, no, you didn't. And then it went from there. Um, Chuck E. Cheese's, where a kid can be mauled by another kid. It, it, it used to be showbiz pizza. Remember, that was a, they oh, bought yeah. out. They bought out showbiz and, and combined them together and stuck with Chuck E. Cheese. Because it used to be showbiz pizza, where a kid can be a kid. Yeah, yeah, they they kept the same thing song. I forgot that. Yeah. Showbiz pizza. I was just trying to replace Friday, Friday. Yeah, when, and so you did it again. Thank there you, you so much. Um, <laughs> showbiz, you know, showbiz, <laughs> it's really not pizza. So we've had a, a few uh, articles on this show before, a few dealings uh, in the past with coffins and funerals and and oddities uh a whole, apparently we've discovered it's not good to die anywhere outside the u.s or actually not get sick because people will, will think that you're dead um here's an interesting thing uh out of um i lost where it was it's somewhere in the scandinavian area i just blanked anyway swedish sweet there we go sweden a Swedish inventor has come up with a musical coffin with a built-in stereo system. The, the roughly catacombo the sounds catacombo, the- yes. <laughs> the That's roughly thirty thousand uh, dollar coffin, the system he refers to it, uh, consists of uh, a two point one uh, amp uh, four. Uh, uh, two-way four-inch front speakers, two mid-bass drivers, uh, a, quote, divine tweeters, and, quote, a hell of an eight-inch subwoofer. 
all tuned to the coffin's unique interior acoustic space, which is fitted with an external cooling system so that it doesn't overheat. Uh, My favorite quote is the next to last paragraph. Just because you're dead, you should not be deprived of the life-enhancing power of music. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, apparently it's uh, your, your loved ones can uh, use a special app to upload your favorite songs to your coffin via Spotify or via the coffin app. Well, that'd be the worst thing in the world, though. See, but here's the... Go ahead, Seth. Here's the thing. It is soundproofed. So how do you know (laughs) it is actually played? I think he's just a con artist, and he's ripping you off for an extra $30,000. That's awesome. It's kind of like, how do you know they've improved the taste of dog food, right? You never know. Well, I was just thinking, you know, what if you're down there and maybe somehow you really can hear the music and then your wife suddenly decides that she's a Barry Manilow fan and uploads oh, a lot of Manilow. and then you got Mandy you're, for all you're eternity. Listen, you're listening to Manilow for the rest of your life. You're like, I never liked that song. I just did it to appease her and I'm stuck. So always be real with your spouses people you don't know what kind of music you'll be listening to for all eternity oh, i you know i just can't even conceive of why somebody would think this is a good idea but you know i guess you you really can't take it with you if you've got extra money and you want to find some way to waste some of it when you die the catacombo sound system is for you brought to you by the catacombo sound system well, you know, all of the gothic people out there and the vampire lovers, I guess there would be quite an, an uh, ancillary market of living people they could sell this to. <laughs> Vampires. Yeah. The Not undead. The, for, the, for the discerning undead. <laughs> oh. Well, you know, Twilight's a big movie now. A lot of people want to, you know, be with Edward right. or whoever the other sleep in, uh, sleep in a coffin dog cool. boy is. Right. I didn't, uh, I didn't, uh, there's a link to the website where you can buy it. I didn't do my research, but I wonder what the power system is. Do you have to, I mean, do, do the batteries, it's if it's batteries, they're going to draw, yeah, well, nuclear lasts for years. So, but do you have to have like an electrician wire up your gravestone? You know, we, I'm sorry, we can't have the service at two. The electrician is running behind. Uh, uh, what, how do you do that? If you got, if you got a, a power amp system and it's, it's got to have some sort of Wi-Fi or cellular internet connection. Um, and there's got to be an antenna of some sort because you can't bury Wi-Fi underground. So, yeah, well, Jim, there's a, there's, Jim in the chat room a, says put a solar panel above the grave. There you go. There's a uh, there's a how it works diagram, and it's broken down into pieces. The Cataplay, which is the playlist application, Catatune, which is a uh, the upgradable music music server with a 4G connection. <laughs> <laughs> a seven inch LCD display to show what song is playing. That's on the tombstone, so it's built into the tombstone. Now, and then the cat, the catacoffin, uh, which is where the actual speakers and everything. It still doesn't say anything about the power source, though. I'm looking. I'm looking. Technical specs: catacoffin. Uh, no, just tells you all about the te- the tweeters and the. And uh, the output range and how many ohms it is. Expect again. There is no music. He's a con man. It's a con job. Like the uh, like the uh, was the Dish Network commercial or Uverse. 
the if there is job. any kind of radio in my coffin, it's going to be a two-way radio where if I can buzz them and say, you made a mistake, let me out. That's the only kind of radio I want in my coffin. Well, and down by the picture of the, of the casket itself, it says, expect, no, I mean, <clears throat> she's let me do my announcer voice, expect nothing less than godlike comfort and heavenly sound from the catacoffin. <laughs> That's really what it says. All right. So moving on from the bizarre to just the slightly weird. If you, uh, if you own a zoo, as the city of Houston does, and you've got a couple of, of cheetahs, where do you send them so they can get some exercise? These guys need, you know, uh, 600 or more feet to stretch and run. You're not going to have that at the zoo. Well, the Houston Zoo rented out a horse track nearby and sent their two cheetahs out there and let them run to their heart's content. That That's not a whole much of a story, but I just think it's cool. Could you imagine that's, just, you know? Yeah. You, I wonder how much money was wasted yeah. on the race. Well, that's, that's what, I, what I said in the notes. My money's on the spotted one. Guarantee spider was yeah. gonna win. Five year old brothers, Keto you know, and Kaburi. Tra- I think I mean that's kind of a sweet story. I like trainer. Yeah. No, you know, the one trainer is saying, Hey, you know, I bet you I bet you Jill is faster than Jan. Oh no, Jan's faster. No, Jill's no Jan, no Jill. How can we settle this? Man, if only we had a horse track. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's a great place though it's fenced in it's uh away from you know anything that might cause uh problems and you can control who gets in and gets out it's a large grassy area and uh, you just let them go i can just see it now it'd be so funny you know we mix they mix they get a mix up on the times that they're supposed to be there they're at one end of the big field they let the cheetahs go about the time that johnny lets out trigger to come in and, and graze for a little couple of hours. <laughs> they're like, wait, come back, come back. And the cheetahs are just full tilt and there's nothing they can do. There's nowhere the horse can go. And the cheetahs like, we didn't know this was going to be a picnic. Awesome. All right. Anyway, there's that. That was just a, a, a heartwarming story. It's it was. a very Disney movie sort of thing. And if not, it will be by this time next week. And uh, speaking of something that is sort of movie-esque, anybody see the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, cult classic from the 80s called The Running Man? Yes. Well, this story I has- read the short story that was written by Stephen King under the alias Richard Bachman that it was based on. Well, this next story has absolutely nothing to do with <clears throat> that. In New Zealand, a fellow by the name of Andrew uh, Poynton, uh, last August, uh, actually... Um, to August, no, last August, I'm right, it, it, it's not 2013 yet, last August was arrested, uh, August 2011, uh, for running naked in a park. Had he just hit someone no, with the uh, car? <laughs> I checked that, okay. but no, there was uh, no naked person, I mean, no, no car or road rage involved, uh, but he just, you know, apparently likes to run in the buff. Uh, he had nothing but a pair of sneakers and socks on and, uh, and was out on his way. So he was arrested for that. A 47-year-old man uh, was detained uh, for three days. For three days! Um, no, I'm sorry. I'm misreading that. Three days later, he was arrested again. That makes more sense. I'm thinking, my gosh, New Zealand is, is rough when they throw you in jail for three days for uh-huh. running naked. Now, three days later, he was uh, arrested again. 
Um, and a, a woman was uh, uh, so shaken, she, quote, promised she never to return to the bike park ever again. But her disgust did not prevent Justice Paul Heath from upholding Mr. Uh, Poynton's appeal against his conviction for offensive behavior. So he went to court and he won it. The argument was, uh, quote, if it was offensive, then God wouldn't have given us genitals. And the judge believed the argument, and he is now allowed, legally, he has a court order allowing him to run naked in the bike park as often as he wants. That is wild. Well, also, just as a side note, in the chat room, uh, we had a person say, seems to be a naked theme tonight. And another person's response was, naked is the theme a lot of nights on this show. <laughs> That's a loyal <laughs> fan. Yeah, it's, you know? yeah, it's either naked or Florida, one of the two. And if you so. can have naked and Florida, then, you know, it's it's a good story <clears throat> right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine a few years ago introduced me to something called jalapeno jelly. Either of you guys oh. ever had it? Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's no, it's, no. it's, it's, I didn't, you know, I don't love it, but it's okay. Uh, jalapenos to me have sort of a grassy flavor and I just don't really like the flavor. The spicy doesn't bother me, but the, uh, the perfect thing to go on a sandwich with jalapeno jelly is a new peanut butter called instant regret that is said to be six times hotter than the world's hottest chili being sold in England today. It's packed with pure medicinal grade capsaicin. The, ex, the stuff extracted from peppers that makes them hot. On the Scoville scale, which measures the heat of chili peppers, the peanut butter boasts a whopping rating of 12 million. To put that in perspective, the ghost chili, the world's hottest pepper, rates a 2 million. This peanut butter rates a 12 million. I mean, that's like saying, that's, that's so overkill, that's like saying, you know, um, Honey, hand me that snow shovel. I need to kill a fly. Right. I mean, it's just so crazy overkill. I mean, what's what's the market for this, really? Other than macho frat guys, who would it's buy? A, it's a novelty gift. Yeah. Who would eat? I, not who would buy. I, I would buy, Aaron, you, a jar of instant regret peanut butter. I would buy it for you. I would not, however, expect you to consume any of it. Yeah. So I expect just, there's a lot more being purchased than actually consumed. Just opening it and smelling it would be uh, a feat in and of itself. I don't want you to smell my feet, whether they're open or not. No danger of that. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, that's beyond the prankish. Like, when I was a kid, uh, I had these jalapeno-flavored jelly beans. And if you put them in your mouth, they tasted like green apple for about two seconds. So I would pop them in my mouth and then swallow them real quick, but pretend like I was chewing them and tell people how good they were. And then they would put them in their mouth and then I would laugh as they would turn hot. But that was just jalapeno flavoring. Not, I mean, this could hurt. I someone. love the quote from the creator. Instant regret creator, Ben Redhead, which is kind of funny, <laughs> said during the tasting process, we first laughed, but then we cried. Yeah. And then he says, it's definitely, it's probably not your everyday breakfast spread. For anyone who now wants to try it, it's on sale in Britain for seven pounds, roughly fifteen bucks a jar. No thanks. I'll pass. I'll pass. No thank you. Hey, you know me, Mark. I like my wasabi. 
Right. I enjoy spicy foods, but there, you know, that's like there's the difference between spicy foods and that. It's like saying I enjoy swimming, so let me go jump off of Niagara Falls. You know, that's sort of the equivalent there. Yeah. Um, not something. I, I mean, the, of course, the the cruelest prank of all would be to slip some into your fa- family's jiffy peanut butter jar, and you know, turn on the camera and see what happens. But you can hurt someone, yeah. though. That's I mean, that that's it. That is too hot to be funny. That's too hot to handle, folks. You know, too hot to handle. It's called instant regret. Here's another man who regrets something uh, in England, in Henley Beach South. Uh, I'm sorry, not England, uh, Australia. Again, we, we're, we're over in that part of the country, uh, in Adelaide, Australia. It's a, it's a down under kind of <laughs> night. Yeah, naked and down. Anyway, I'm not even going to go there. Um, a, uh, you know, you guys, uh, Aaron, I know you've bought a house. Uh, I have. And I've bought a house. And in the modern world... One of the common ways to to look at a house is online, and people post pictures of their house online, and they post uh, uh, you know shots of the front yard and the backyard. And this this uh, uh, house has a, a small um, flower garden of sorts in the back that was posted in one of the pictures online, and then the police showed up when they realized that the pictures online, the plants in the flower were marijuana plants. Those weren't picture flowers. A 20-year-old man um, who is unnamed in the article uh, was reported for cultivated cannabis after photos of his plants were noticed on a real estate website. The plants growing in pots inadvertently showed up in photos used to advertise the house for sale. Police attended the house with a search warrant and subsequently seized the cannabis plants and reported the man. That's awesome. That's you know, we we had the story a little while back about a uh, a couple who um, had this plant that was in the house when, or no, they bought a plant out of like the back of a truck and cultivated it and took care of it and 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 uh, uh, loved it so much that it grew nine feet tall over their back wall. And a policeman walking by noticed that it was a marijuana was plant. Awesome. Um, but this this is slightly different. Uh, if you're going to grow marijuana, people do it in your closet. Like regular people do. Come on. <laughs> yeah, what's, what state legalized it? Uh, California it and Colorado. Colorado? Both. Yeah, a few of them. Yeah. Oregon, so. too, Oregon too, that's right. Yeah. Um, actually, I think in California it's only for medicinal use. And in... Wink, wink. Yeah, wink. You have to have a prescription. Uh, I think in Oregon there was some recreational component to it if i remember i don't remember of course the federal government is still saying nanny nanny boo boo it's still illegal states rights and all that uh and and this is it our last story of the week uh trying to keep this show short like i said at the beginning because i'm tired it's been a long week uh (laughs) i saw this picture too aaron did you put this one in there yeah yeah i saw this picture too and it made me laugh but also, I think it's probably pretty bogus. But I'll let you tell the story. Well, I I saw the picture and I and which first caught my eye. It's, if you look at the link, it's a picture of a Christmas tree in the front window of this guy's house that then sticks out about four foot through the roof of his house. And uh, and I, th- I thought, 
what is going on? You know, because there's no way you could actually, the tree just wouldn't do that. It's not going to be strong enough to go through the roof of a house. Um, you know, so the first art, first line of the article gives the impression that it does. It says Patrick Kruger was determined to fit his Christmas tree into his house, even if he had to break the roof to squeeze it in. But what it turns out is he's an architect. And so he thought it would be pretty funny. He cut the top six foot of the tree off and turned it into a prop that he attached to the roof of the house. And so it creates the optical illusion that the, the tree goes through the roof of the house and comes out the top. It, it looks really cool. And so I thought that was pretty funny. I mean, he's already attracting a lot of local attention. Um, you know, he's got the shingles. He took some extra shingles and made it look like it's, you know, busting through in some wood and what have you. And stripped some of the, the, the uh, what do you call those things? Needles shingles, off of it. Oh, yeah. The needle, so it looks like it's been forced through the tree, through the ceiling, um, and it looks great. He's he says, got it lit up and everything. It's all yeah. decorated. <clears throat> he says, "The truth, of course, is I set out to do this. I wanted to do something simple yet impactful, something that people of all ages could enjoy." And I, I think that's a clever idea. He also says, "We go big for Halloween." So uh, I wonder what he does there. But yeah, he uh, says. It took about nine hours to do it, and he would do it again in a heartbeat. The expression of the kids when they see it is uh, is worth all the work. Yeah, you'll have to go to the to the website and, and click the link. It's a great picture. Or probably just Google uh, holiday tree, Christmas tree growing through the roof or something. But he, it looks very convincing. I mean, if you if you look at it closely, you can see that it's it's bogus. And he didn't spend a whole lot of time trying to make it look exactly right. But he nailed the tree to a piece of plywood. Uh, attached the plywood to the roof, laid some extra roofing shingles up on it. And then my my favorite touch there is he uh, st- uh, strode around some pieces of wood as if it had, you know, right. uh, ripped up through and, and pulled. And there's like little pieces of wood lying around it and splinters and everything. It's very clever. I like it. Good idea. Depending on when you hear this podcast, um, right now at least you can Google Christmas tree through roof and it pops up the first five or six articles. So. If you, if, you, if you don't go to the show notes and get the link and you just want to check it out later, Christmas Tree Through Roof will find it for you. It's a clever idea. I might do that next year myself. It, it, remind, it reminds me of the one where uh, the guy did the, looks like a man hanging from the gutters. Yeah. Uh, have y'all ever, did y'all ever get that email back before like Facebook was real big? It would make its rounds every Christmas? Uh, no, I didn't see that. No, never. No, I did not see that one. Okay. Okay, well, sorry. If you you can't explain it, but if you knew if you knew it, you would laugh because it was. I funny. did see a truck driving down the road that had uh, a a green pointy elf hat sticking out of the grill, as if he had run over it, and it yeah. got stuck in the grill. That was pretty funny. That was pretty funny. <clears throat> Mommy, we, my mom, my mom decorates big for Christmas, you know, uh, and at one point years ago, when my dad was still around to help her. We had a big fir tree in the front yard, and they would put lights on the tree. I mean, what kind probably, of fir? Rabbit, beaver. Wait, yes. Okay. It was it was a quilt of fir, um, and big light I mean, lights on it. Big giant presents underneath it that had floodlights on them. <clears throat> and then she had a life size Santa that she had up on the roof. The chimney was on the front side of the house. Had it posed like with one hand against the chimney and one hand reaching up to the top of the chimney like he's about to climb up in the chimney and his where he had dropped his bag on the roof behind him and it was open and presents had spilled out on the roof it was it was very cool looking um from the road a lot of work but it was very cool looking wow that's neat sounds yeah. like I, I appreciate people who go all out for christmas yeah halloween and christmas are the, really the only 
two times a year people do that. You don't see people um, going out all out with, you know, Independence Day decorations or, you know, Memorial Day uh, decorations. But Christmas and Halloween seem to to get people's uh, creative juices flowing. There's a there's a really nice house about four miles from here. Uh, Mark's right over there off of Whitlock, if you know where that is, um, heading into downtown. <clears throat> and it's a fairly new house, but it's built in an old style. You know, it's like a two-story with a wraparound for- porch and a wraparound balcony. And it looks like a, you know, 1920s, 1930s house, 1910s, I guess, 1900s, old house. Uh, and they do, they pretty much have decorations out all year long for whatever holidays come. They do uh, Independence Day. They do Christmas. They do Halloween. They do Thanksgiving. They do Easter. They did um, uh, President's Day. I think they had some flags and things out. Um, but they have a big circle driveway. And a lot of times, like this time, they decorate so much. They do so much stuff that they have a cop that sits out there and directs traffic because people will go through the circle driveway to look at what they have out. So they are like, they are 100% gung-ho all the way in, you know, uh, both feet jump in, see how deep the water is. Analogy, analogy, analogy. <laughs> cliche, cliche. Yes. My wife and I have a saying about certain houses like that around Christmas time. It's like they forgot to stop. They were putting up decorations and they just forgot to stop. They should have and they forgot to. So <laughs> when you're putting up decorations, don't forget to stop. Um, so that's it. That's uh, the end of our show, the end of our year. Uh, the last show of the last week of the last day of the ever, because the Mayans are going to kill us all. Um, <laughs> May old acquaintance be forgot. Great. Now we got to pay royalties. Thank you, Aaron. No, I said old, O-L-D. Okay. Different song. There we go. So, uh, yeah, next time stick with public domain songs like uh, Odem Golden Slippers is okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> there's a light shining for I can see it on the rising. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to do the regular, uh, contact us stuff. You guys, if you're listening to this show, you found us some way, just go back there and, and find all sorts of ways to con contact us. Um, it's been a great run, uh, for this show. I've really enjoyed it. Um, I make it sound like it's over forever. No, but we're just, I uh, hope you have a Merry Christmas. Not happy holidays. Not happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah's over. I hope you had a happy Hanukkah. But I'm not going to wish you a happy Hanukkah. I'm not going to say happy holidays. I'm going to say Merry Christmas. Because that's the holiday that's coming up. And I'll say Happy New Year too. Because that's coming later. But uh, anyway. That was uh, just a, a mini soapbox rant. It's okay to say Merry Christmas. It really is. And for, for all of you people who like to say Happy Holidays. Because it doesn't have any religious significance. The word holiday is a contraction of holy and day, so gotcha. It's holy. It's a religious thing. Anyway. Happy government-mandated day from work. <laughs> Seth, Aaron, do you guys have any uh, uh, last words for the year 2012? Yes. If you donate Did, to the American Cancer go ahead, Society, Aaron. Bef- before, if you donate to the American Cancer Society before the end of the year, your donation can be on your 2012 taxes. Uh, take that right off the top. You don't have to pay taxes on that money. So uh, if you'd like to donate to the American Cancer Society, whether or not you email me at Aaron, A R O N at com, 
or go to oneworkout.com and let me know you did it and you sponsored me in the race is regardless of whether or not you do that, it would, I would love for you to go and donate some money to the American Cancer Society or to a charity of your choice that helps fight cancer. There are many of them out there. And really, the best thing to do would be to donate now so that you get a tax write-off for 2012, then donate after the first, and you get a tax write-off for 2013. Bam, bam, double dip. All right, Seth, what have you got to say to, to wrap up the year? Just in case the Mayans are right. Ah! I can think of no better way to end the show than that. Good night, everybody.